bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop with my special guest, Andrew Rotter. How you doing? Thanks for joining us for part two, Andrew. Thanks for having me. One Broken Life is a, a unique um, podcast where we explore the broken lives of individuals uh, who come from addiction and sometimes crime. Uh, we believe that the bigger the mess, the bigger the message many times. And, and a couple of verses that we use to, to kind of uh, kick off our podcast, I always like to use scripture, is uh, Psalms 5117. It says, the sacrifices of God are broken heart, broken and contrite spirit the Lord will not despise. And basically, uh, the psalmist is saying, inspired by God, that you have to be broken, right? And you come before God broken, and uh, he, won't, he won't turn you away when you do that. And, and so, hence the One Broken Life uh, podcast. And, and then Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And so today we're going to explore uh, Andrew's life. Um, we, part one, if you have not watched part one, go back and watch that, listen to that. Uh, it, was, it was really good. Um, we talked about the before uh, Christ, went, before Andrew really surrendered his life and his big old mess and... Um, and now we're going to talk about the big old message. Amen. And so Andrew uh, comes from generational crime, generational addiction, uh, mom and dad, um, family. I know you have some in your family right now still struggling with addiction. I do. And you, I know that's a burden for you, right? Uh, something that you, you really have a heart for. And, um, and so, Andrew, before we get into the first question, uh, um, What's God doing in your life right now, man? Okay, so... All right, so I uh, I oversee the children's ministry at Freeway West. That's like a huge... Uh, I love it. So what's that look like? Okay, so... As a four-time felon? Yeah, well, more four-time... How many prison. felonies do you have? I think 10 or 11, some other sort. 10 or 11 felonies, and they put you in charge of the kids. Now, there's somebody that just stopped listening when I said that, <laughs> but, but it's biblical. And so the, the Bible's full of stories of people who have been the worst, the worst, and God transforms them and gives them responsibilities. And so what's it like? What, tell us what that looks like for you. What do you do? Okay, so uh, they, they send us a lesson. Freeway has people. There's so many moving parts in Freeway, for one. But 
the people behind the scenes, they send us a lesson and you literally just go through and you teach the kids that lesson. Like they, they gave you the outline and then we're just the deliverers of it. And so what I do is I find people to actually teach the lesson on a certain week of the month, right? You have like somebody does it this week, this week, this week, every, every month. And then um, you find somebody to help. And that's really what, that's, that's about the gist of it though. And like, we just want it to be consistent because like, we don't want just somebody coming in and out of these kids' lives because some of these kids really, some of these kids, like we're all they have to look forward to. We're the only positive figure in their life. Like we don't get like, we don't get lifelong Christians' kids in that class, you know what I'm saying? We get just not too long ago. We got some kids that uh, talking about did not know nothing. They live. They they are they are the trap house kids. You know what I'm saying? And it was just it was heart wrenching because like they want to know about Jesus. They they they're having a blast, and uh, yeah, that's what we do it for. So for some that may not know, uh, Freeway Ministries is a ministry of the local church uh, with the heartbeat of Jesus which is evangelism, missions, and discipleship uh, in our Jerusalem. So basically, Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And so he he told the disciples, you have to go, right? First at home. And then you you travel out, right? And so this is our Jerusalem. And and so Freeway uh, reaches this people group, uh, those that struggle with addiction, crime, sometimes generational. Um, and so we reach them with the gospel because we have the answer and it's Jesus, right? And so you're being used there at that ministry of that local church, Freeway West at Golden Avenue Baptist Church. And, uh, so you're ministering, you're, you're in charge of the kids there. So that's one thing God is doing in your life. This 11 time felon. What else is God doing right now? Okay. So I, uh. I serve both Freeway Ministries and our church, which is Crossway Baptist, which is my church, my home church. I uh, here, I'm an intern. I do the Timothy Project at Freeway, to where I'm literally learning how to conduct a freeway, pretty much. I don't really know how to put that, but yeah, better equipping me for ministry is what it's doing. Uh, but on like Saturday nights, I do a little bit of everything. There's not, I don't think there's anything that goes on on a Saturday night that I haven't done at least once. And that's without the Timothy project actually. Amen. And, uh, um, where'd you come from? Jeff city. And you came from prison, right? Yep. And so, uh, so God's doing all these things in your life. You've been out of prison 17 months. Mm -hmm. And, um, you said on the last podcast, you've been clean 29 months. Yeah. And you've never been able to stay clean 29 days as an adult until now. I mean, look, 29 hours is really pushing it. Yeah. With you. That was so, like- so here you are, you know, uh, doing God is using you to do all these things. And it's obvious that your identity now has changed and your purpose has changed in life. So uh, let's kind of talk about that, how this all started, where you're at today. So you get out of prison. What prison? Bowl- I was in Bowling Green last time. You're in Bowling Green. And how'd you get to Springfield? My mom. Your mom, mm-hmm. uh, who used to be, excuse me, she used to be in addiction and crime, been to prison, right? And um, and now she's serving the Lord. She's she knows the Lord Jesus as her Savior. She's clean and sober. So she picks you up. She brings you here, and you enter the men's house, mm-hmm. the Freeway Ministry Residential Program, the one year long discipleship program. 
So what was that like? Let's talk about the first day and then first week. First day. Well, matter of fact, first day, I almost messed everything up. But not after I got here. I didn't know I had to be here. The, the same day I got out of prison, I thought I had until the next day. wasn't the case. So race down here. First day wasn't really that bad. I've, there's a lot of first days and uncomfortable situations that didn't really affect me. The first week, way different story. So the first week in the men's house, like, I mean, I come from a decade of mind your own business, right, and don't mind mine. And I get here, and I'm <laughs> you don't get a phone. You, you got – and these people are so in your business that it's like it's it's offensive until you get past that. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's offensive because, like, what are you worried about who I'm talking to? What do you mean I can't call my mom? What do you mean I can't call my sister? I can't have no relationships. I can't do this. I can't do it. What are you talking about? And they're probably thinking, didn't you read the rules? Well, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but. <laughs> and uh, it took a while for it to get better, too. It did. So but, they're in your business. I mean, all the way in it. Which they're, is what you really needed. Absolutely. Yeah, at the time, I didn't think so. At the time, I'm thinking, like, I just want to beat one of these dudes up, really, if I'm being honest. But, Yeah. So they're, what's it look like when they're in your business? Kind of give us a description of that. Because people may not, and I know how they're in their business, your business because I developed the program. But um, let people hear what that looks like, Andrew. Okay, so I mean literally 24 hours a day, you're around what we call accountability. Everybody knows what accountability is, I would hope. But if not, I mean, I'm, you're literally, you have a shadow whenever you, for the first 30 days you're in the program. You're, anytime you're in a, a freeway situation, you're, you're with your accountability partner. You, uh, you can't go to the bathroom without them, right? Not literally in the bathroom, but they do have to go to the bathroom itself with you. You know what I'm saying? If not, stand outside the door or something, if it's like a single bathroom. Uh, your financial situation, they definitely monitor that. You can't spend over $100 or you have to ask for permission. And even, I say that loosely, but you have to ask for permission to even go to the gas station, let alone, so you can't, but they take it takes the spontaneous consumption of your money away. Like you have to sit there and ask for 24 hours uh, permission before you do anything at all. Uh, you don't get a phone. And then once you do get your phone, um, they monitor everything, random phone checks, and I don't just mean, like, they don't just, like, pick up your phone and, like, see if you have, like, any, like, new text messages or anything like that. I can show you some stuff about searching a phone that'll blow your mind. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go, and I've got, I even, so I was a house leader for a while, and I even uncovered some things because they forgot to delete their email. For, and like, you, like, if you get a message from Messenger, it will pop up on your Messenger. You can delete that. Nobody will ever know, right? And then you have to go through your email. And you Spam. Have to Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. You have to you have to go through and like dissect your email. You have to you have to do all that stuff. You can get on script like yeah. So uh, another way they're in your business is like there's just nothing sacred whenever it comes to children, marriages, all that. I mean they're reading your letters to your kids. They're uh, every I mean like literally every aspect of your life they're in it. And how and and so there's somebody listening and they're thinking wow that's just crazy. So tell, tell the people who are listening why that's important. Mm, well, if you know you have somebody watching what you're doing, if you know that, because obviously none of us want to do that, 
right? None of us come into the program just like, please be in my business. Please tell me what to do. Please make me do all the stuff that I don't want to do. Nobody does that. But like the more you do, the more you make good choices, right? The more that the easier it is to make those good choices. So if you have somebody sitting there watching what you're doing, knowing that you have to answer for what you're doing, it, uh, it makes you make the right choice, right? It helps you anyway. Cause obviously we all fail still. I'm messed up all sorts of times, right? But it helps train your brain to produce better decisions. So if, if, uh, if I'm talking about, you know, if I'm glorifying the past in a message and I'm talking about how cool it was and we got high and I'm, you know, I'm talking about uh, bringing up, I can't wait to see old boy because when I do, I'm going to knock his teeth out, this and that. Or, you know, I'm, I'm calling somebody a snitch or, uh, you know, acting like a criminal. It's important for somebody to address me on that. Oh, look, you wouldn't have made it through the first thing you just said. But, the, but, but through text message, maybe. Or a letter, yeah. or an email, or a message, and so you're not going to talk like that in front of people because you know, right? Um, but you may be living that life through a message or through, you know, and you're going to say, "Who's this person? Why are you talking to them like that? Are you trying to be a criminal?" You know, and so you're going to you lose some privileges. You're going to have some homework. You have to, you know, write a paper or whatever. And so um, the Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, and we need to have people who will wound us, who will, who will address us, because the Bible also says that if you correct a wise man, he'll be even wiser. But if you correct a fool, he'll hate you for it. Yeah. And the proverb says the fool is excluded from wisdom. He can't know God. He says there is no God. You cannot correct him. The the, the book of Proverbs says that it, you would be better to meet to meet a mama bear robbed of her cub than a fool in his foolishness. And so uh, what we're doing is trying to correct the simple man. The, the Proverbs talks about the simple man and the wise man and the fool. Well, the wise man can be corrected and learn from God. He's wise. He, he, he gets corrected. He gets wiser. The simple man is the man in the book of Proverbs that's just not informed, never had nobody tell, tell him how to live. That person can can learn too, but the fool can't, because they know it all already. They they're hard hearted. They're looking for evil. They're, you know. And so when when someone is living or talking or conducting themselves in a way that is going backwards in who they are, who they used to be, we need to know, because what are we doing? We're correcting them. We don't just address addiction. We address behavior. Oh yeah. And so we're trying to change your character, and it's so you, because the Bible the Bible doesn't say, but it does. But not for who it, I forget where I got this from. I stole it from somebody, and, and now it's mine because I don't remember who, who who I got it from. But uh, it says that if you take care of your character, your reputation takes care of itself. That's good. And so we want to build up men of godly character. And so for that person listening, that's why we do that. Uh, we're asking these men to give us a year of their life to change the rest of their life. You're 32 years old. Uh, you've got, if, if, if something crazy doesn't happen, you've got it probably an average of at least 30 or 40 years left in you to live. And so we, we want to change that 30 or 40 years. And the only way we could change a criminal is 
only way you could change crime is change criminals. So what are we doing? We're we're in your business. So anyway, your answer was way better than mine. Well, I gave you a chance. <laughs> so and that was your opinion. I like it. Uh, so you're in the program. People are in your business. They're they're all up in your cupcake, right? I mean, uh, you're thinking, good grief, you know. And so when did it change from get out of my business, stay in your lane to man, this is needed for me. Hmm. Okay. So it was a couple times. Actually, there's a couple instances, but one of the big ones is, uh, so 30 days into the program, you have the opportunity to receive the privilege of your phone back, right? If you do what you're supposed to, and you don't, you know, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to, you usually get your phone around the 30-day mark. Probation so, period. Yeah. 30 days comes around, and I didn't get my phone, right? Okay. And I reacted very badly to this. Too, Why didn't uh, you get your phone? Uh, well... I don't really want to talk about that because it'll be like, okay, I did something bad, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Regardless, I reacted very badly. I probably could have done something different if I wouldn't have reacted badly, right? And uh, I reacted terribly, actually, to one of my closest friends in the program. I ended up, I'm talking about I got real close with him, Chad, right? I blew up on him. He was your authority. He was. And you hate authority. I you did. hated it. I did. And so it wasn't Chad, it was his position. Oh, yeah. Which we could really get into that conversation. <laughs> because that's that's one of the problems from our people group. Yeah. Anyone in authority, we we can't stand it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how wrong you are. Don't tell me that I'm wrong, I, even if I am. Yeah, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. But you, your authority was Chad, and then what happened? Okay, so I... Uh, so when did it click? I need this. This is something I really need. Okay, so... Um, 30 minutes later, I'm in Casey Merrick's office, right? Because, again, I reacted badly, and I told him, quit talking to me. We're done with this, right? Keep the phone. Ended up in Casey's office. Well, uh, one of the things that Casey said is, if you don't trust us, there's no reason for you to be here, right? And, like, that sounds rough. It sounds harsh, whatever you want to put it, but it's true, right? And it opened my eyes to look at this differently because I'm not a statistic, I'm not a paycheck. I'm not a number. I'm none of those things, right? Because this man just told me flat out, like, you, you don't got to be here. If you're not here to better, you're wasting my time and yours, right? So I'm more of a blunt individual. So it opened my eyes. It made me look at, and that's, for, that's what I was doing anyway. I got here, and I'm like, man, I'm automatically skeptical of everything going on here. I always have been because just because you can't teach me out of a textbook. If you don't, if you haven't lived this life, then it's really hard for me to sit there and like accept your way of doing things because you have no idea what's going on in my mind, right? We're all dirty, rotten sinners, don't get me wrong, but my problems are different than the next person's problems that's never lived like that, right? And uh, at least the way I cope with my problems are. Um, so it opened my eyes. And then whenever I truly realized that all those things that I said that were not numbers, right? You guys do this because you truly care. And that's whenever it clicked that I need this is because like it just it, it took my inhibitions. It took my walls down because I was, again, very skeptical whenever I first got here and I knew I needed it. Don't ever get you know what I mean? I knew that out the gate whenever I put in the application and I started really studying Romans because I ended up being the lucky guy that had Casey give me my homework. Right. And I don't know if you know Casey, but he's been in Romans for a long time, at least since I was in prison. Right. So that's where I studied. And uh, I knew I needed it, 
but I didn't want it and I rejected it until I realized that like you guys really do do this because you care. You guys do this and whatever it is that you do, like I don't have to understand it, it works, right? Because you guys are both from that life, all the way about that life too. It's not like you guys just come from, you guys weren't just weekend warriors and did all this other stuff. You guys were very deep into darkness and addiction and you guys have now been out of it for a decade and are thriving and helping other people come out of that darkness and addiction. So whatever you guys do works, right? You guys aren't perfect, but you guys don't claim to be. And that's what made me realize, actually. Yeah. So you you went from the guy getting assignments to the guy giving assignments. Just sent one out today. So uh, before... We kind of get it. So you 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 graduated. You made it through the year. Mm-hmm. You went through all the season classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thirteen weeks of budgeting, time management, goal setting. Thirteen weeks of overcoming your past. Thirteen weeks of relationships, parenting, marriage, and courtship. And then your exit strategy, you know, class. And and so you're going through this. You're growing. You you go from the guy that just got out of Bowling Green who lost his phone, to the guy who's a house leader. So what happened? I mean, how, what was that like? Is your, you were the authority. You became the authority in the house. Very uncomfortable, for sure, because like you, but I'll tell you what, it helped me break my criminal mentality for sure, because all the way up until then, like I, there was still reservations as far as I don't have to be the one that points this dude out. Like I'll pull him over to the side one-on-one and be like, hey, you're tripping, right? Well, then I got put into a leadership position, and that's not the case no more. Now you have to do what's asked of you as far as that. And you were always supposed to. You became a police. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But so what happened is, that like. fight was before. And, well, I promise you. <laughs> but anymore. But what, so what happened was, like, whenever you do realize that, the, that you guys are here to help us, right? We're here to help people. Right. So whenever that's realized, whenever you lose those reservations, you start really paying attention to what you guys are teaching us and what you're teaching us is like. uh, I mean, I'm doing my brothers wrong if I don't sit there and do exactly what you were saying a little bit ago by pointing out what they're doing wrong, because they're not here for an easy ride. They're here to change. They're here to change the desires of their heart. And if you don't point them out. If you don't hold them accountable, if you don't tell them that they're wrong, if you don't give them the wounds of a friend, then you're doing them wrong. And that, that, that changed it because it took my, my twisted sense of loyalty, right? And uh, it applied it to something good because now in my mind, I'm like, well, if I don't tell this dude he's tripping, I don't love him, right? So that's my brother. And I was taught that this is what you do, but you do it in love, and you don't do it because you're angry. You don't do it because you're personally offended of anything. And just all that stuff, all the, the compilation of all the knowledge that you guys taught us, it just, it's amazing. It really is because it does. It teaches you the whys and the ins and the outs, and it changes the negative worldly influence that you had and, like, turns it good. So now... You're not a criminal anymore. Correct. You don't live by the criminal code. Correct. Um, and, you know, it, it, 32 years of, you know, since you were 11, you've been using drugs and living around criminals and being trained that way. 
And so for 17 months, you've been with us. So it's not, it just doesn't go away overnight. But, but you're not the same person anymore. And so what, what is a, so you graduate the program and you get your own place. And so now you got your own home. You got a, a career. You're, you're working, right? Correct. Um, you're, but what's it like to be in Bible college? I mean, you're, uh, uh, you have 11 felonies and you're in Bible college. So college is different for sure. Never thought, for sure. Never. I never thought I was going to be in college, man. Never, ever. The only reason I got my GED is because I was incarcerated. And if you like the only way to get out of going to school while you're in prison is to get your GED. And, uh, so I definitely never thought I'd be in college at all. I would. I don't know. Where'd you get your GED at? Uh, I got, I've, okay, so funny story. I have a GED and a high set. There's two different things now. I got the GED in the Florida Department of Corrections, and then by the time that I got to the Missouri Department of Corrections, lost your high, lost your GED. Well, I didn't lose it. So, <laughs> but they, it became the high set after that. There, it's two different. It's one one's actual general equivalent diploma or something. One's high school equivalency or whatever. But it was just the, the, the time lapse. and uh, But when I got to Missouri, I got to Moberly, and they wouldn't recognize it. I even paid to have it sent in and everything. It's like, no. So I just took it again. right? So now I have a GED, and I have a high set in two different states. I got my GED in St. Joe uh, in prison. Yeah. So barely by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> but, uh, so right now, uh, what's, what's God doing in your life? I, I mean, you're in Bible college. uh where do you where do you, you serve in the child care? You serve your eleven time felon, uh, serving in the ministry overseeing the, the kids from the trap house. Not all the kids. Somebody's listening, yeah. and they're saying, "My kid ain't from the trap house." You know, I get it. I understand. My kid goes to the child care freeway. She's not from the trap house either. Neither is my son. But um, so, what's it, do you ever look in the mirror and say, "Man, I can't believe this is my life." Blows me away every every single day, every day. Without, without, without hesitation or if every day. So give us a week. What's a week like in your life today? Just run it down day by day. I mean, yeah, that's what, I mean, you got to talk about your job. Tell us what you do. I mean. Okay. So I work for Blue Iguana Car Wash here in Springfield. Shameless plug, Blue Iguana. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, technically I'm called quality control there, but. I kind of do a little bit of everything, and I love it, actually. Like, right now, I'm in the process of building the vacuums for the new East Kearney location. Love it, right? I love the autonomy. I love the fact that I'm trusted. And uh, so I have a company credit card. And one day, matter of fact, here's another cool story, actually. So after I had it for a while, they gave it to me so they don't have to run to the store all the time, right? I, I earned that. I earned the trust that they gave me for it. So one day, it got declined at Lowe's. So I'm like, oh, no. I thought I was in trouble, right? So I called, and I'm like, okay. And they just upped the limit. That's all it was. I had reached the limit, right? So that was cool. And uh, I have a key. I have a master key. means I can get in any of them. Um, I drive around a company vehicle, and it's full of everything that you would need to be in the construction field. Yeah. So you got you got to key to all the blue iguanas. Yeah, you're trusted. Yeah. What was it? What what? So, uh, what are you doing? Like what what do you what do you do? What do you want to do with your life? Um. What I want to do with my life is to just build a 
I, I want to build one, actually. So right now I'm at a stepping stone, and uh, there's nothing stagnant about it. I'll, I, I'll still break down the week for you. I forgot to do that. That's uh, all right. So, like, Monday through Friday I work. I have a normal – well, no. So Thursdays I come an intern here now. Where's here? Where are we at? I'm at Freeway Ministries right now. So you're interning here. Yeah. What's that like? Um, I love it, actually. So, because it, uh, it takes, again, it takes all sorts of moving pieces to run a freeway, right, to operate a freeway. And uh, I've done almost all of it. And there's some things that I just haven't, though. And that's that's what they're teaching me now. Like today I went through applications and... To the, to the program. Mm-hmm. Okay. To the discipleship program, and uh, where you where you came to from prison, yeah. so now you got guys writing from prison that that were that are incarcerated, uh, and you get to read their applications. Absolutely, okay. And uh, sent homework, right? I sent because one thing we do is we vet people, right? So you don't just get to like send an application in and then wait until you get out and then just come to the program. That's not how that works. Uh, we send you homework. You have to be faithful with your homework. You have to show that you'll do what's asked of you before you even ever get here. Because if you don't, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. So what was the homework? Uh, so I wish I had it. So I asked them four questions. Um, From the Bible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, all, it's definitely all biblically related. Now, like, okay, so one of them was what made – so the application I got today – was actually it had been worked on. I had to complete the process today. And one of the questions was, uh, what makes this time different? Because he says he always wanted to quit. He always wanted to do this, but he always pushes God's side for everything else. So one of the questions was, what makes this time different regarding you pushing God aside? Another one of the questions would have been, uh, what does the Bible say about surrender? And give me two verses. And what do those verses personally mean to you? So you you take and you try to like personalize the questions compared to their application process because not the, the same questions ain't gonna apply for everybody else. Some people are really in there surrendered all the way, right? And some people are like, well, they have reservations and stuff, so you have to ask them appropriate questions. And the process for applications, uh, the rules and the on the application, the rules, the homework on the application is to see if they'll follow instructions, they'll submit, they'll follow through. So if you ask somebody to share their testimony, and they send you back a letter talking about what they did and what they ate for breakfast, what's that show you? It uh, shows you that uh, there's a couple of things there. For one, they don't have a testimony. It means that. Maybe. And maybe, then, maybe they do, but we'll, they're not listening, right? Well, correct. Well, that was the next thing is that uh, they're just not paying attention to what you're asking them. They're trying to do it their way. They're not following instructions. So if we let that person in that's doing that, what are they going to do when they get here? Same thing. They're not going to submit. If you can't look, if you you got all the time in the world in there, if you can't open your Bible and pay attention to what we ask you to do and spend a couple hours, because it's only once every two weeks. You don't, you don't, it's not an everyday thing, right? You, within two weeks, you have to respond to your homework, right? So if you can't do that, then what makes you think you're going to come out of it? It's rough. The house is rough. It's not, it's not an easy thing. It's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's rough, especially at first, where, like, you're not... Knocking off the edges. Oh, yeah. So you're in Bible college. What's your grades like right now? I got... I think I got a 92% right now. Okay. Yeah. So you got a 92% in Bible college. You're interning. You love it. I love it. 
Did you ever think your life could be where it is right now? Absolutely not. Okay. I legitimately thought that I was doomed to needles and penitentiaries for the rest of my life. So what's your biggest burden, Andrew? Balance. Balance. Because uh, my biggest burden itself would it, yeah, it would. Like what, what, what tugs your heart? Oh, okay. So it's leaving the people I love most on the altar, actually. So I got a sister just got incarcerated. I've got kids that live hours away, and like I don't have the means to go up. I don't have the means to do anything. I can't save nobody. I can't. Uh, and so that's that's my that's the biggest tug on my heart is like the people that I have to leave. So it's a good thing you mentioned that. Uh, how do you deal with your past loyalties? I know you got friends that you love, and um, and they're not living for the Lord, and some of them come see you, right? Uh, and and uh, geez, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked, right? And so, and I deal with this too, because we come from the same background. And um, just because you change and surrender your life to Jesus, sometimes we forget that you know it's a supernatural work. It's not of us, it's of God. Yeah. And so it th doesn't mean your old friends and those people you love, who you know would lay their lives down for you, they love you, you know? But you're not the same, and it's not healthy for you to hang out with them. How do you deal with that? I mean, so me personally, like, in my mind, anybody that really does love you like you're saying they will respect what you have going on. And anybody that does, and anybody that tries to influence me otherwise or tries to say that I'm wrong for how I feel or how I believe or what I do because I do distance myself, I do, uh, I don't go to the old places. I don't go and I just don't do that, right? And uh, anybody that tells me different, I, they're not my friend anyway. So it's hard. But you you keep a you keep a boundary with them. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. Are you happy today? Very much. I have joy. There's a difference. Sometimes I'm not happy. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed. But in all of it, like I have joy. What brings you joy? The solidity of my identity, really. So like I'm no longer. I don't find my identity in worldly things. I don't find my identity in how much money I have or if I am happy or if I'm sad that day or overwhelmed. My joy is the fact that, like, I know the ending to this. I have a Savior. I draw my strength from something greater than myself, so there's my joy. Melissa, I want you to know I love you, and I'm proud of you. I love you, too. I mean that. You're doing it good. You're, you're, you've become quite a man. You should be proud, proud of what God's doing in your life. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, for sure. If you've enjoyed uh, this production of One Broken Life, would you share it on your on your on your social platform, whatever it is, whether it's a Spotify or or, or be a Podbean or uh, the Apple Podcast or the Facebook page? Just let people uh, see what God is doing and what what is possible for people like Andrew and myself and many others. Uh, that have been redeemed by the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, and you can also support us. This is a production of Freeway Ministries, and it doesn't happen without your support. Uh, Freeway Ministries 
pays for all of this. And um, you can go to our website at freeway-ministries.com and you can, uh, you can link on there and you can become a supporter of this ministry. Um, we want to see you again. I hope you tune in and you continue to listen as we explore the broken lives of individuals just like myself and Andrew. So thanks for coming on, brother, and we'll see you guys again. Thank you.